Ready for summer and want an enjoyable day trip? Head to Fauquier County, Virginia, just off I-66, nestled in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Fauquier County has over 25 local wineries, breweries, hiking trails, and Rappahannock River access. Check out visitfauquier.com for details. Fauquier County, find what you love. And welcome to the Steelers Depot live stream here for this Monday, March 20th. And uh, as always, with me is Dave Bryan. During our last live stream two weeks ago, we said in two weeks we'll probably have a lot to talk about. And I think that was even an understatement, Dave, based on everything that's happened over the last really week with free agency. So as always, Dave Bryan is here and we're answering your Steelers questions for the next hour until 8 p.m. Eastern time. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing quite well. Happy uh, one-year contract season. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It seems like we've uh, already reached that stage in free agency here. Uh, obviously, the legal tampering period getting underway. What was it, one week ago today? And uh, the deals came fast and furious. And Steelers have been busy giving us a lot to talk about. And so uh, let's get after it. Hopefully we'll have a room full in here tonight. Welcome to everybody. Yeah, we'll dive right on in. I'm sure there are, and I can already see the long list of questions here as Pittsburgh has made five external free agent signings, lost a couple of guys, and so there is much for all of us to discuss pro days, draft coming up in just about five weeks. And so it's really coming up quickly here. As always, like I mentioned, Dave and I here till the top of the hour, so be sure to put your questions in before 8 p.m. Eastern time. You want to have a guarantee of your question being asked and answered in case the chat really fills up. You can send Dave and I a super chat, no obligation, but they're always appreciated. Appreciated, and you guys, if you could just like the stream as well, that'll bring more people in and make the chat and the stream um, even more enjoyable. So we'll start things off here with our friend Mutated Genome, who says hello, Alex and Dave. Both of both of you expect Kevin Dotson to be gone before the start of the season. Will the offseason offensive line signings affect Kendrick Green's roster spot security as well? Absolutely. Green is even less secure than Dotson. I would not I would not use the word security at all in relation to Kendrick Green's roster spot even before the signings came in uh, with a new regime, year three guy going into this this year. Um, you know, he's very much on the outside looking in. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you go from uh, the, all that playing time, he got his rookie season, couldn't even get a helmet last season, right? And, uh, 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 you know, couldn't, couldn't get on the field. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty telling in and of itself right there. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot would have to happen. You know, there's no reason to cut him right now, unless you, you just, you needed the extra 90 man roster spot at this point. But, uh, within that, uh, I think a lot would have to happen for him to make the 53 man roster. That's for sure. And, and, and by a lot, not good things. Injuries, and yeah, that's really what it would take at this point. Uh, $10 Super Chat from Sebastian H., who says, Keep up the great work, Best Steelers podcast. So thank you so much, Sebastian, for the Super Chat. Really appreciate that. Uh, Corey, we have not talked about Odell Beckham Jr. yet, and I'll keep my thoughts pretty brief. Pittsburgh was not one of those teams at the workout. He's not coming to Pittsburgh. I don't have a particularly strong desire to bring him in. It's even... A little less of, less about some of the off-the-field type stuff, but just the guy's older. He's had knee injuries. I'll go find somebody in the draft if I want to upgrade at wide receiver. Yeah, that, that all got uh, put out there this morning by Dan Orlovsky on, on, on Get Up, and that's what's caused all the uh, revived, I guess, kind of talk about him. I, I would be absolutely shocked if they went 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 that way with him. And I've talked about the value of adding a veteran, you know, Jericho Cotchery, a DHB to tie the room together, but Odo Beckham Jr. is not that that same type of guy. So uh, pretty much against that, and, and that's not going to happen. I don't know where he'll end up, Dallas, the Giants, back to Cleveland, who knows, but not Pittsburgh. Matt Bell says, what are your thoughts on Ohio State's Dewan Jones, Baylor Siaki Ika, and Stanford Caillou Blue Kelly? And are there any draft positions you think we should double dip on? So a lot of questions there. Um, you know, Jones, that that mammoth, massive offensive tackle. Ika, that nose tackle, run stuffer. And I thought Blue Kelly had a really strong senior bowl week. Dave, I'll, I'll kick the second question to you. Are there any positions this team could or should try to double dip in the draft? 
I tell you, if they don't get busy adding to that tackle room, <laughs> maybe maybe it should be tackle. You only have two guys under contract right now, and Chiquamo Corfor and Dan Moore Jr. at the tackle position. Uh, uh, we expect that to change pretty soon, uh, especially before the draft. You would think, uh, even if it's some lower level signings, but they got to get some tackles uh, in that room. But uh, if they don't, I mean, they you know, obviously. Uh, you know, that would be one pending that happening. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I mean, look, I, I could see them potentially taking two defensive linemen, you know, yeah. from, from the, from the way things sit uh, uh, currently, you know, we, I, I think we both kind of expect later on in the off season for Chris Wormley uh, to, to, to eventually sign as he works his way back from that knee injury last year. But uh, they, they could use a couple of uh, young bodies in that room. They're going to get at least one via the draft. I guess the question is, you know, maybe they get, you know, more of a, a, uh, you know, a, a three to five tech along mm-hmm. with maybe a true nose tackle or something like that. So uh, realistically, because I do expect them to start adding some tackle bodies to that room pretty, pretty soon. I would say of those positions, uh, overall, I, I, I could see defensive line potentially being the one that, that they double dip at uh, from where we sit here on March 20th. Sure. I think D-line, tackle, offensive tackle are really strong possibilities. Corner as well, knowing one's going to come in. James Pierre still a free agent. Akella Witherspoon very much. His roster spot, unsecure for the 2023 season. That's another option as well. I think generally, though, the way the teams operate is they don't go into a draft saying we have to get two of something. Really, that second one comes often when the board on day three, you're just trying to find the best talent, the best guys available that makes the room room better, the roster better, have a chance to really contribute. That's how you should be drafting on day three. If you're filling positions of need or depth chart on day three, you got some problems. So I was asked this a couple weeks ago in a mailbag, and my little witty response was, we're building a football team, not an arc. We don't need two of everything. You need to get two if you have the justification based on the value to add that second guy, let's say with one of those two seventh-round picks. Next question comes from Mike Adesso, who says, Happy New Year, guys. Of course, referring to the new league year. I think we are going to see Pat P. play more of the Cam Sutton role of the chess piece rover slot safety role than more than just a boundary corner. Uh, he could excel at it. Mike says, is he crazy? Do you think Mike's crazy to suggest the idea, Dave? Man, I, I really will be surprised if they move him around all that much, to be co- quite honest with you. I mean, occasionally, yeah, you can do some things where you rotate and do some inverted, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, coverages and stuff like that. But, uh, and look, I mean, we'll obviously find out the deeper we get into the offseason and, you know, specifically into in, 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 in training camp and all like that. But I really, I really expect him to be an outside guy and, uh, uh, and you know, may, maybe – you know, primarily a boundary guy at that. Yeah, he's going to be primarily an outside corner, maybe play more of the boundary. That's what he did kind of the back half of last season in Minnesota. As Dave said, there could be some of that inversion on third down. Pittsburgh does does that, you know, a fair amount, inverted cover two, inverted cover three. He's not going to have the versatility Sutton had to play in the slot, really kind of be that rover that you're referring to, uh, Mike. So I just don't see that with Peterson. He may be used a bit more creatively in Pittsburgh than Minnesota, but there's going to be limitations on that that, um, you know, that Cam Sutton really did not have, especially just being new to the system as well and trying to learn some of that stuff. Bruce Myers with 102 people here in the chat. So appreciate you guys hanging out with Dave and I. I figured we'd have a good crowd on hand tonight. Again, be sure to hit that like button to get as many people in the chat as possible. Bruce Myers says, Dave and Alex, why do so many people think the Steelers will draft a tackle early in this draft? Historically, they value centers much higher and they reportedly like their current tackles. Your thoughts? I get the history. Pittsburgh has always kind of been built more inside out when it comes to the O-line with the great history of centers and guards, less so at offensive tackle, but I think that history matters a bit less, and they've done their homework on uh, the the interior offensive line on the guards to improve that group. The tackles are kind of the elephant in the room. So is there a guarantee they're going to draft a tackle high? No, not, not necessarily, but the dots are pretty easy to connect. If they're not content with the interior offensive line, they're probably not super content with some of these tackles as well. Yeah, what are we considering high? First two rounds, first three rounds, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I I feel pretty confident that we're going to see, you know, a tackle, you know, within those, 
you know, first three picks that they have, I think, you know, at this point. And once again, you know, you only got two, two, two of these guys under contract right now. And even though they're going to probably, you know, add, you know, as, as long as they don't add a, a bona fide starter, you know, at this point, which I mean, it, it, it definitely is possible as maybe the market starts coming to them, but there's not much out there right now as far as free agents go either, but there's still the possibility that a guy gets cut, uh, you know, uh, around the league at some point still, I don't think you can rule that as a, as a possibility, but, uh, you know, we, we've seen what they've done with the guard position here, uh, the last week and all, and, yeah, that pretty much leaves the and you know once again it would be one thing if we're talking about a tackle room that already had four guys in mm-hmm. it right now, but 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 they don't, you know. And yeah, we might see Trent Scott, you know, sign a veteran benefit deal here in the next week or two weeks or something. But I don't think you can, you know, personally, I I, I don't want to see them rely on that. So and then the question becomes too, you know, are are, are some of these top tackles going to go? Are all all you know, per se, let's say three, I'm going to go uh, before 17s off the board. That might kind of force you to wait until, you know, the second or, or, or third pick that you have uh, because of the value and all, because just how the, how the board breaks. Sure. The top names will be gone by 17. Paris Johnson almost certainly to be gone by then. Broderick Jones probably gone as well. So, you know, could you move up potentially, but just have to, to wait and see. They should go sign a mid to low tier veteran type tackle and then go draft somebody that gives you four tackles there, a good mix of veterans, uh, young guys, rookies with some experience, versatility. That should be their plan at offensive tackle right now. Ben says, could you see James Daniels moving back to the original position at center and starting Nate and Saymalu at guards? We talked about that briefly, Dave and I, on the podcast recently. It's not impossible, but it just seems too much, too many musical chairs for what this team really could do and really just needs to do. So I think, say, Malu at left guard um, is probably the the cleanest way to go about this. I'm not going to rule that out, but I find that to be uh, a pretty unlikely scenario right now. Yeah, I, and, and, you know, as we covered last night on the podcast, it, it does kind of feel like, you know, Sal Malu uh, at left guard, Cole at center, James Daniels at right guard, and Chiquamo Corfor at right tackle with kind of, to be determined, I guess, what happens the rest of this way uh, when it when when it comes to left tackle and all. So I, I I look, it's good that now you've got all these guys, all these interior guys now that could get you out of the game at center behind Cole. But uh, and you know, I kind of think back to you know, I, I think Kenny is kind of prepared. For, for Cole to be that guy, at least to start the season. Now we'll see what the draft brings. You know, what is there serious interest in a guy like John Michael Schmitz, uh, uh, the Ohio state pro days coming up. We're going to see if they uh, show any interest in that, in the, in that center there. So, you know, I don't think it's totally out of the question still at this point, uh, especially when you look at, 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 at the guys currently under contract, they've only got the, uh, the Ryan, uh, kid who was on the practice squad really, I guess, technically is the, 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 the McCollum as mm-hmm. the truest center still under contract at this time. So, uh, you know, to, to be determined as far as maybe addressing that via the draft. But I, I, I really think, you know, the plan is right now for uh, Mason Cole to open up the, uh, the season at center. Yeah. I'm with you hundred percent there. They're going to have to find some backup center. You could just resign JC Haas an hour and be that eighth, eighth offensive lineman. Um, you know, but I don't think they're going to draft a John Michael Schmitz at say 32. Because if you're drafting an offensive lineman that high, he's playing sooner than later, and there's really not a home for that guy to play right now. Next question comes from John Gorman, who says, "Hey, Dave and Alex, love the coverage. Thank you, John." Uh, says, "Saw Tomlin was at Iowa's pro day today. Where do you have Jack Campbell ranked in this draft class? Is he linebacker one in this class? I don't have a." specific set of rankings right now but if Campbell was the first inside linebacker off the board and went to Pittsburgh I'm okay with that I'm more than okay with that I think Campbell's a really good fit in Pittsburgh yeah I don't I don't I don't have a set rankings I'm still working my way through some of the class myself I have watched Campbell I think Alex is a little higher on Campbell than I am overall but I mean without a doubt uh the experience that guy has on tape the games that he's played uh the mental uh, aspect of it, the, the ability to process. I mean, he, he does have, he has shown some playmaking ability, something that 
going back several years ago when Devin Bush came out. He did not. Uh, that's good to see as well, too. I think they, they obviously like him. Uh, them Now, we haven't officially, we've been scouring all day trying to officially find a shot of Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin there. We've had several people tell us, and obviously there's been a report out there uh, that, uh, that, that, you know, that, that uh, both of them were there uh, and, and there's no reason to believe otherwise, but it is a big deal that both, you know, both uh, if indeed that is the fact and there's no reason to think otherwise, uh, that is a big deal that they're at that Iowa Pro Day. Yeah, I mean, they're watching because they only go to the ones that have a lot of guys they're interested in. So should we talk about Lucas Van Ness more than we have, which has been very minimal conversation about a guy like Van Ness? I mean, I suppose it's not out of the question. He's just one of those bigger edges, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you, you still kind of wonder. And, and and then you double back to kind of what they did with DeMarvin Leal and, and, and kind of what he is right now at this point of his career. And but no, I don't think you can just take him off the board right now to, at this point. No. Yeah, I think he's pretty unlikely, but at least should be in that conversation occasionally, just given the dot connecting and box checking that he's doing right now. Uh, let's see. Next question comes from Mike Adesso. Just actually more of a comment on him being a big fan of Jackson Smith and Jigba at 17, Darnell Washington at 32. Either guy would fit in so perfectly in Pittsburgh's offense. I agree. I think those guys are, I'm a big fan of both those guys' game and, and scheme fits and system fits. With me though, Smith and Jigba at 17, I don't I'm I don't love drafting a slot receiver at 17. If you're going to draft a receiver in the first round and kind of be the anchor, the face of your class, I want a guy that the offense is going to run through. Chris Olave, uh, Garrett Wilson, some number one outside receiver, not a guy that's going to catch 55 passes and average you know 10.2 yards per catch and three touchdowns. There's certainly value to the slot receiver and snap count and, and third down opportunities, but you want that number one true dude that your offense will be built around in the past game. I don't think Smith and Jigba is that guy, so... I would not spend the first round pick on him. And then Washington, just the question of how much 12 personnel do you plan on running? If you're going to run an increased amount of that, be heavier to kind of play to this style of big people, big offensive linemen, the way that they're adding, then okay, we can talk about that. But um, if he's only going to play, you know, 400 snaps a season, then is that value worth it? It sure is fun to think about him on the end of that line yeah. of scrimmage, though. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, when you look at his Georgia tape and all like that, it is fun to fantasize about having a big old. Uh, and what is his Twitter bio or, or his uh, uh, Instagram bio say? Uh, sixth offensive lineman or something like that. Oh, does like it? That. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as far as in, in, in Jigba goes, uh, it, it just it feels like – you know, from where we sit right now, it feels almost like it. he's probably going to be off the board at 17 anyway. Yeah, that that's possible. It's unclear who that first receiver will be, but it certainly could be Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, this hominid with a couple of questions that I'll direct your way, Dave, and 161 people here in the chat. So really appreciate the great turnout here on this Monday. But the question and two questions actually is, from the money the latest guard signed was given a starting contract that's referring to Sayamalu, which is accurate. Is Nate Herbig's contract appropriate for a backup financially? So that's that's question A. And then question B is, when is Dave going to take on a salary cap apprentice? Uh, let's see. Uh, the second one, man, it's, it's hard. It's hard to kind of teach that stuff. I mean, uh, but, but within that, it's not like it's rocket science on top of it, especially when it comes to just understanding you take a you take a sign up bonus and you divide it by the years for for the for the proration and the more you do this and the more cuz i keep a spreadsheet open kind of a template all the time i'm i'm constantly fooling with with numbers and once you learn kind of the finer aspects of what you expect the cash flow to look like and understanding what the minimum salaries are for certain year players and kind of the way the good thing about it when it comes to the Steelers is is they have a certain way even with you know uh with 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 Kevin Colbert no longer you know being the GM you know obviously Omar Khan was the cap guy before that and all they've got a certain way that they like to do contracts so you're not like uh, like other teams out there that are constantly having to guess if they're like not likely to be earned incentives in there or that kind of thing. Now we did see the 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 the, the that instance uh, pop up uh, last year with Mitch Trubisky, but I you know that's kind of an outlier type situation there. So the good thing is is 
once again, that the Steelers normally have a way that they're doing things. And especially this year as well, too, you see a lot of these even cash splits across the years outside of, like, say, a guy like Ogan Joby, uh, his deal there. But uh, uh, when it comes to uh, uh, Herbig's contract, what, uh, what was it, uh, $4 million per year mm-hmm. uh, average yearly value, look, you, you know, if you're going to have some depth, you know, and let, let, let's say that's what it ends up being that her big, you know, opens a season as your, uh, your, your, in, your interior swing guy, you got to kind of pay for that stuff, you know? So I, I don't think uh, even when, you know, obviously when he initially, when that deal was announced, it was before Sayamalu, uh, was announced. I'm thinking, man, they, they, got, they, you know, probably got a little bit, a bit of a bargain there as a starter for sure. But now that it feels like he might be a backup, even at four million per at this point, doesn't it doesn't feel rich? No, uh, at uh, at least from from where I'm sitting. And shout out Cole Marco because I think he's taken on. I know he's taken on a bigger role with the contracts that uh, Pittsburgh's you know doing with Con now having a, a lot on his plate as as official GM. So Marco is the guy that's quietly come up through the system, and I think he's having a pretty big impact, at least in getting some of these contracts done and structure and doing some of the 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 legwork to get those things done. All right, next question comes from Greg Leeper. Seems to me the free agent signings did nothing to affect the draft except to take guard off the table. Yes, I think that's generally true. I think interior mm-hmm. offensive line early, to me, I'll, I'll call that off the table. Everything else, though, inside linebacker, cornerback, uh, anything else you can think of is still very much on the table. So, yeah, Greg, I think I'm with you 100% there. Yeah, and look, uh, as we kind of talked about, you know, ahead uh, of free agency starting, man, the, the the true guard class overall doesn't look all that appetizing, especially after uh, Voorhees went down with his 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 knee injury at the at the combine. It kind of you know uh, made it made it even weaker at that point. Now I I think there are some nice probably bargains uh, to be had. You know the uh, the kid out there in UCL UCLA and then uh, City Sal. Uh, out there at uh, uh, Eastern Michigan, but within it, I, I and I think that's why some of these guards got kind of the money that they got uh, this offseason as well too. As Alex says, kind of like a guard tax, an interior lineman tax, if you will, uh, this time around because it just doesn't feel like 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 you know this year's guard class is at least the true guard class. You got a lot of talk about some of these tackles maybe kicking inside and and all that kind of stuff there. But uh, yeah, I, I at this point I would be extremely shocked if the Steelers drafted a true guard uh, this this time around. But uh, like like he mentioned there, uh, everything else seems to be on the table, uh, you know, based on the signings that they've made so far. And just a quick piece of news coming in, Josh Dobbs is going to Cleveland, going to the mm. Browns on a one-year deal. So I know that had been mentioned quite a bit. That was kind of more with the idea that if you were to cut Trubisky than bring in Dobbs as the number two, I never really felt like that was going to happen. But Dobbs going to the AFC North, I guess back there, he was there – this year, this uh, before getting cut when Watson came back, but uh, Josh Dobbs going, I guess we'll say, back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And that makes more sense because Brissett's gone. He's in, what, Washington, so Dobbs might be the number two. Got a couple of Super Chats I don't want to forget about. Tim Chase, $5 Super Chat. Good to hear from you. Tim says, what are the odds on Bud Dupree joining us again? I mean, they're, they're there. I'm not going to say they're zero or anything close to zero. I don't know what number to put it on. He's 30. He's got knee issues. He struggled to stay healthy. You know, Pittsburgh getting tight cap wise and how much does Dupree want I'm not quite sure um but they're there it makes sense based on you know how familiar they are with him and vice versa and the scheme fit needing some edge depth so certainly will not rule that out Tim yeah and we talked about that I think on the podcast yeah late last night uh too you know you can't rule it out but uh but within that man if it is the Steelers I I would hope that it's you know, uh, a very very cheap deal you know and and maybe even like two years to help keep that cap cap number uh down uh overall so uh, you know once again you know we'll see how this plays out over the next week or two weeks and obviously Josina Anderson had to report uh several days ago that there you know seems to be some interest there so uh we'll just have to see how it plays out another super chat a big one here from z3 music official a 20 dollars super chat says sorry if you covered this already but dan orlovsky said this morning on a four-letter network that pit was the quote perfect spot for obj i say no thank you we don't need the baggage but if it's a one-year deal for eight to ten 
would you take it? We did talk about that at the top there. Um, just to reiterate the thoughts, no. I, I, first of all, one-year deal, that number is going to be incredibly difficult for Pittsburgh to make work salary cap-wise, have to be at least a two-year deal. It's it's not even, again, just about all the baggage and some of the, the potential distraction type stuff. It's a little bit of that, but the guy's just older, the knee injuries, the ACLs, I'm just going to pass on that regardless of what there was off the field. Yeah, I'm with you. But thank you so much for the super chat and all the kind words you guys were saying in the chat. Uh, Brian says, shout out to the Loyal Depot listeners, Jake and Jared. So shout out them and shout out yourself, Brian. Uh, David Kapoor saying, Dave and Alex hustle hard, hard workers. Thank you so much. It's been a it's been a busy week or so for us and for the site and for the whole team. Uh, really happy to have that kind of busyness. But you know, I would prefer not to have uh, signings come in at 11 p.m. at night. A little bit, a little bit <laughs> earlier would just be ideal for me. Especially when they're they're not even your own. They're, we have to cover the Devin Bush stuff oh. and that uh, you know uh, yeah. going to Seattle and all like that. But uh, man, we uh, we are just so blessed. We got a great mm-hmm. team that we've uh, got together uh, right now. We really do, and that kind of really uh, helps. You know, not only me because I'm trying to trying to slow it down a little bit, and uh, but you know, Alex as well too allows Alex a little bit more time to spend some more time on some film rooms and some videos for you guys and host these you know, live streams and, and all that kind of stuff there. So uh, shout out to the Steelers Depot crew. We got some great people. Absolutely. Russ Obenstein saying, what's up, Alex and Dave? Hope you're doing well. We're doing great. Hopefully you are as well, Russ. Jacob Herp says, what are the odds Edmonds comes back? And is there a chance they still draft the linebacker? Yeah, certainly a chance still off ball. Edmonds, that's a great question. That safety market's depressed. You know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson got less than people thought, just a one-year deal. So I'll stick with my my prediction that he goes, but if it's not Edmonds, I don't know who that guy is going to be because the strong safety draft class looks weak for agency, not much out there. Really, I hope it's Edmonds because the alternatives don't seem that much better. Yeah, and you know, as 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 I joked at the top of the show, you know, welcome to one year, <laughs> one year deal season. It seems like here, and as uh, as this thing starts to go on here, I you know, you kind of wonder, you know, does a repeat of that four year veteran uh, benefit contract that 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 Edmund signed a year ago, at what point does that start looking pretty damn good again? You know, uh, uh, I mean, one he you know, as these safeties start signing off and i think what, what one or two more i think maybe through the new cycle today did and all like that uh i think he's going to probably have to make a decision maybe a tad bit earlier this year than he did last year so mm-hmm. I, I i don't think it's out of question I, i'm kind of rooting for him to come back and and have been you know throughout this process as well too so uh uh you know they gave what what, what did they give uh I forget what they gave edmonds what was it a four million uh per deal do you remember on that? Last year, yeah, it was that veteran. He I mean, qualified. not not Edmonds, not, uh, Casey. What did they uh, just give Casey? Two years, six million. Right, right. So I mean, you, I mean, w- would would he take that? You know, uh, you they they could obviously make you know the same kind of deal work cap wise if they did that. Yeah, we'll see. I think the cleanest, best thing for the Steelers is to bring Edmonds back on basically what you said. Let's just call him to call two years, seven million, since Edmonds, I think, would be the starter. Give him a bit more money, the illusion of the bigger contract, but that would be the best thing for Pittsburgh. But maybe Edmonds at some point says, I'm going to go somewhere else, guys. I just want to do my own thing and just kind of feel like I've been strung along in Pittsburgh and I want to try something new. I don't know if that's in his in his head right now, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Dion Johnson with a $5 super chat. Thank you, Dion says, I know we need an offensive tackle via the draft, but how about the Georgia tight end as a blocker to aid offensive tackles and aid wide receivers could lessen wide receiver three offensive tackle with emphasis on the free agent ads and run game. Again, referring to Darnell Washington. I get that. I mean, to an extent it would help, but still on third and 10, you know, you need a a good offensive tackle there to, to protect against, you know, the top pass rushers in football. So it's a benefit for sure in a lot of ways, but if you need a tackle, you need a tackle and that's, you know, a tight end's not going to solve all those problems. Uh, let's see. Next question will come from as I scroll on back up. Almost 200 in the chat. So really strong turnout. And a reminder, hopefully sometime next month we'll do a walk the mock, uh, another Steelers uh, mock draft for you guys because I know you guys love those ones so much. Uh, let's see. Ryan McKee had a similar comment about Darnell Washington. Listen, I love the guy. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll just have to, to see how the other pieces uh, could fit and what the board looks like. Mike Adesso and Tanner Myers talking about 
a couple of things that you might or might not see in my mock draft tomorrow. I have a new mock draft going up tomorrow on Steelers Depot. Mike's saying he thinks the chances of a late-round quarterback are getting higher and higher, and Tanner's asking about Daywan Jones. And so just I'll just say stay tuned for my mock draft tomorrow. And Tim Chase wants Kendra Green as a fullback like Baltimore does theirs <laughs> with Patrick Ricard, which uh, I don't think will happen, Tim. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we have here? Pickle Rick 15. Hey, Alex, do you play Madden? I do not. Last Madden I bought and played was Madden 19. It was a big piece of trash, and it's really just gone downhill since. So I do not play Madden and refuse to until the game gets much, much better. Yeah, I uh, I know nothing. You know, that's obviously not my generation uh, as old as I am when the, when the earth was still cooling. When was the last time Madden was good, Alex? I mean, for me, like Madden 04 to Madden 09 was kind of the, the pinnacle of the series, I would say. And once it went to next gen, the PS3, it started to fall off and it's kind of just generally gotten worse from there. Mm. Let's see. Andrew says, are you guys worried about Dar- about Darnell Wright being able to play left tackle? I mean, he did it at, at Tennessee. I think he's probably best right tackle or guard. So it's a it's a valid question. If you played right at, at right tackle and then tried to bump a core for over. I'm just trying to think, how would that look? Let's say you draft a Jones or a Wright and he's your right tackle. How does that camp battle go? Because you can't give that guy that job necessarily, even though he probably would, would get it. But do you have like a core four try to fight Dan Moore for left tackle, but a core four is going to start. So how does then that you play want out? The cont- you want the continuity because you got this uh, guys, you know, some new guys. Are you going to yeah. really play musical chairs uh, throughout the offseason on the end of training camp? I mean, it, it, you know, uh, there's worse things to have to, to work through, mm-hmm. but uh man it just it really feels like if you did draft a guy like darnell Wright, that that initially you'd want to, well, well hey you'd probably want him to be your swing guy uh at least starting off uh initially and, and it'll give him every opportunity to win the left side i would think but once again you know it's not like you just can't go in there and say okay chukwomo core four you're you're over the left tackle and uh dan moore you and you and darnell wright's gonna battle out for right tackle so i mean his tape was you know at least in my opinion you know better at right tackle Mm -hmm. uh can he mature can he can he become a starting left tackle uh in the nfl i I don't think you could say no yeah, and it's a, it's a similar conversation with Daywan Jones, who was a right tackle at Ohio State. You know, some people think he could play left tackle. He had Paris Johnson there for the last what season and a half. I think logistically, it gets interesting if you draft somebody that profiles more as a right tackle again, like a right, like a, a Daywan Jones, because I don't know exactly how you how you make that work. Because um, if you put more at right tackle, he's not played right tackle. He's kind of already at, at a disadvantage there. But if you're going to have a core four start, then it's got to get left tackle reps. And so Moore's going to have to play some right tackle. Like it's, it's, I don't have a good answer to how that would work, but hopefully it's a good problem to have to have a couple of options along the offensive line. Eric G says, finally able to catch a live show. Been watching for six years now. Well, we're glad you're here, Eric. And hopefully you are here. You know, that, that, that comment came in earlier. So I appreciate you being here, uh, Eric. Uh, let's see what else we have here for you guys. Another half hour to go. Oh, what do we have? I'm trying to scroll on back up. So many comments here and really appreciate that. Uh, Dave, do you have any thoughts on Xavier Hutchinson, the, the receiver from Iowa State? Have you watched any of him? Uh, Ronald's asking about that. I did early in the process a little bit, and uh, things in my notes were good, very good after the catch, man. Uh, that that was the prime thing, and, and that really caught my attention fresh coming out of the, the season, and the Steelers just not having a good year with their, with uh, with any of their really their eligibles uh, after the catch there. So I think he had a nice, if I remember, depth of target uh, on him. And now, look, he did, you know, in, 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 in that conference, it kind of, you know, uh, I, I guess kind of the, the narrative going is it's the conference that he plays in and kind of more kind of, I guess, you know, uh, predominant off type coverage. But, you know, he to me, he was a real physical guy that could catch the ball. Was uh, The biggest thing that stuck out to me, I think, overall was his ability uh, after the catch. Okay, yeah, I don't know a ton about him, so good information there. Uh, Chris Neal with a $5 Super Chat. Thank you, Chris, says, do you think we'll forego a true fullback and leverage Hayward as a hybrid? Yeah, I think that's generally the way it's going to go. I think Hayward could play more of that fullback role. He kind of did maybe a 
bit more the back half of last year, the last couple of weeks, some of the tight end run game, I guess you could call it, with the jet sweep to beat the Raiders and seal that win. Uh, I think he had one against the Browns as well. So I don't think they're they're not going to get like a pure fullback type, I don't think, for this offense. Um, I think it'd be more likely a, a Connor Hayward. Yeah, and what's going to happen at uh, tight end number two right now, you know? Sure, that's a big question. I mean, Gentry's still a free agent. Let's just, If he were to sign somewhere else, that becomes, becomes a pretty you know glaring and obvious need for this team. That'll probably reinvite the Darnell Washington conversation. Uh, let's see, scrolling on up, 223 strong here. That is maybe the most we've ever had for a non-draft type of stream. So really appreciate that again. And Braden Miller thanking us for the content that we both have been pushing out lately. Y'all making me sound smarter than my friends about the draft. So that's what we're here for. I appreciate that. Uh, Tanner Myers asking about what's too early for day one Jones. I don't think 17's out of the question in terms of what could happen. Um, that would not shock me if Jones was the guy at 17. Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch a little bit more of him. It feels a little high to me, but uh, uh, you know, you look at this tackle class overall and, uh, I don't think it's out of the question. No, uh, when it comes to that, it's going to be interesting to see when, when, when Skaronsky comes off and kind of what the order is out of that. My, my initial feel on him was that that 17's high. Uh, and it's not like we're going to learn that much more, maybe at the pro day. Cause the Steelers are usually always at the Ohio state pro day. So I guess the question, and you would think, uh, uh, Pat, Pat Myers is going to be there as well too. Right. You would think, I mean, with Weipler there, usually you want a couple of offensive linemen to check out. So it'll still be a box to check. Um, we'll see. He's a, but... he's a mountain of a man. And doesn't uh, Brandon uh, from the off? Uh, what's, Thorne? What's... Yeah, Brandon yeah. Thorne. Uh, I think he's got uh, a new segment uh, with sitting down and going over his tape with him uh, that I've got to get to that I think just came out today maybe. Yeah, I think I saw that a bit early. I have not watched it yet. But I think, it, listen, they were, they were aggressive about upgrading their guards. They're going to be aggressive about upgrading their tackles if they want to upgrade there. They're not going to sit and wait and hope that guy falls 32 because he may not. So Jones is given that unique body type. Um, I don't think 17 is, is too early to consider him. That's a mountain of a man, and boy, yeah. can he block down to the end. Uh, I'll tell you this. I, uh, I've seen enough of his run blocking, That that's for sure. And, and uh, he, he can block down on the inside and move piles. Right. Remember, this team loves Zach Banner. They tried to give Zach Banner, Banner as many and, chances as possible. And Max Starks. I mean, yeah. Max Starks was a mountain of a man coming out sure. from Florida. You know? um, and obviously, Banner, you know, Starks had a, a good career. Banner didn't, but they like those big tackles. And again, they're adding big guards. They're looking at day one Jones. He's coming in for a pre-draft visit reportedly. They're looking at some of these bigger guys with good length and size and power. That's what they're trying to build in Pittsburgh right now. Uh, let's see. Next question comes from Braden Miller, who says, would you justify trading up two to four spots for Joey Porter Jr.? Or would you stay put and take another good corner in round two or three? Given the strength of the corner class, I'd be inclined to wait, but it just depends on the board and the offers and all those variables that obviously we can't really speak to right now. So again, the answer is a very cliche maybe, but I'd probably lean towards not doing that at 17. I would lean to as not uh, not doing it either. And look, I, I, I'm still caught in the Bill Parcells way of thinking, uh, address it early, closer to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get the connection and obviously uh, probably from here on out, you know, most of your mock drafts are probably going to lean in that, that you're going to see or uh, Joey Porter going to the Steelers at 17th overall. I get it. I mean, the connection, uh, every, everything about it. Uh I would lean toward not not moving up to take him though, uh, and I, like I said, that old school part of me kind of hopes they don't go corner in the first round. To be honest with you, Austin Hamilton, would you rather trade up this year or trade down for more picks? Curious to see how different Omar does his board. Now Andy White will be resetting the board in Pittsburgh, but obviously there'll be a. You know, conversation between Khan and Rooney and Tomlin with any sort of trades to ask that so broadly I don't have a good answer for you I would just say I think you have to try to bridge that gap between that fourth round pick and that that the first of the two seventh round picks that's a long time to wait in between picks there on day three so I think they do something there that could be a trade-up it could be a trade-down I just don't think they're going to sit there in rounds five and six doing nothing and watching you know 130 players get get taken off the board 
I told you Omar's going to get you that fifth round draft pick for fifth or sixth round draft pick for Kevin Dotson. That's, uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, but uh, you know, look, I, you know, I don't think you can sit here and say no. They're not going to trade back. Uh, you know, at, at, at all at any point there. Uh, I, I, and and just just as easy as they could probably trade up. I mean, we'll, we'll we're obviously asked this a lot every off season. You know, when it comes to that, and I don't know if they will or not. You know, I just I just don't know. I think it all depends on how the board breaks and obviously the kind of phone calls that they get. Uh, I certainly think it's feasible either way, uh, probably less so in the first round of going up, uh, I would think. But I mean, look, if, if you got the conviction to go get somebody, go get them, you know, uh, within that. I, I like to see teams, even if it doesn't work out, I like to see teams that show conviction, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I think this team, generally speaking, will have more draft day movement than Kevin Colbert, who you know occasionally went up, but often just stood pat. I think you're going to see more movement with Khan and Weidel. Will that be this year? Will it be going up and down or down? I should say, I'm not sure, but I think largely speaking, over let's say this year and the scope of the next three years, you're going to see more trades than what you saw in the Kevin Colbert era. There's some. There's going to be some nice talent, probably. You know, maybe you know if you don't address edge by then, you know, fifth round or something like that. Uh, and this is a deep tight end class, and right. you know, probably some of them tight ends are gonna uh, gonna gonna fall a little bit there. And uh, within a pretty good cornerback class too, if you don't take one early. So uh, you know, there, there's there seems to be some talent. You know, as far as maybe guys that. You know, you'd consider anywhere from fourth to sixth round. Patrick Lee and Pitt Gunn are asking about wide receiver. Patrick, about is it more likely Pittsburgh addresses receiver early or late? And Pitt Gunn asking about any free agent wide receivers to the latter. I think those names that I like are coming off the board. Trent Sherfield, Zach Pascal going to Arizona. Um, I don't really see a lot of those receivers that I like left. I'd have to go back and check the list, but I don't really see that name, that veteran type of guy. With receiver in the draft, Again, it's hard to say. I think if it happens, it's going to happen later than earlier. I can't really tell you exactly where that could be, but I don't know if that's going to go super high. You know, there's been very few times this team dating back to when Colbert took over, what, three drafts in total that they didn't take a wide receiver. So, it, you know, if you're, if you're betting, you're betting that they're going to take one at some point. You know, it's just a matter of when. Yeah, I think they do take one. And listen, I think there's a concern there in the slot. Steven Sims seems like he might be on his way out visiting Houston, although I think there's been no deal uh, announced with Sims, correct? I think they've signed a couple other guys Houston did, so maybe that means Sims left. But if he's gone, I mean, you're just you're kind of banking on Calvin Austin. That's kind of a, a gamble to just bank on him being healthy and, and a good player. Well, you just don't know what, you know, at least, you know, you've seen more than I have because you got to watch him a little bit during training camp. Yeah, it was like in pad, it wasn't even in pads except for like, a week. right. But, uh, you know, not saying that he can't be, can't be that guy. Just, you know, I'm still going off of his college tape right now, you know? And, uh, uh, and even if you re-sign Sims, man, I mean, that, that's not a guy you want to see a lot of in the slot. I don't think, you know, and obviously Gunner. Uh, you you know you want to you want to shy away from that. Now they did re-sign Anthony Miller early on in this process, but he's got some age on him. I mean, surely you can do better better than that, you know? Yeah. So we'll see. I think it's something to be considered, but you know, with some of these other areas to address, and this team may be getting more run heavy, and maybe they have that much confidence in Austin. Um, it's it's a little hard to say. I think they do probably draft a receiver, but it, it may be something later than earlier. Maybe uh, with that fifth-round pick, uh, they're going to get you, Alex. <laughs> right, or Kevin Dotson for a receiver if you really want to start kind of playing a little Madden uh, in real life. Uh, let's see what else we have here. A question about, do you still want to draft a tackle early? Who are the cornerback prospects that could end up being on the uh, true number ones on day two and beyond? I'm a big fan of Darius Rush from South Carolina. There's Julius Brents from Kansas State. It's a really strong, uh, deep cornerback class overall. And yeah, I would still consider a, a tackle early if it's a stud tackle um i would still consider that mm-hmm. i'm with you and kevin asking about james daniels could he move to center right asking do i think he moves to center i don't think he moves to center is it I impossible yeah no but uh, i don't think that really does anything for you overall so i don't think that'll be the move there uh jj paris johnson joey porter are there at 17 who do you go with i go paris I go johnson with tackle yeah and especially in this deep cornerback class Brian, what's the plan at offensive line, or is it too guarded? Um, tentatively, I'll just say more 
Say Malu Cole Daniels a core for that's reading it left right. We'll see if a tackle gets added and who that guy is. But that's where I think mm-hmm. things are at today. What's that's uh, from Tim to deal with strong safety? That's a that's like an old uh, Jerry Seinfeld joke. What's the deal with strong safety? And so, <laughs> what's the deal with Ovaltine? <laughs> so yeah, I mentioned that earlier. I mean, has your has your thoughts on Edmonds changed at all? Do you think he still comes back, or do you think okay, this guy might actually leave? I don't know, Mike. You know, I, I, I've got no reason to be off where I was, especially at this point with the safety market right now. So uh, I, I don't think, as I like to say, it's still impossible. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Anthony S., my dark horse in the Steelers draft at one is Clemson defensive tackle Brian Brzee. I think the Steelers left him. I, I've thought about that quite a bit as well. Um, I know Tony I, Pauly- I came out and shoot with that article saying, you know, right, right ahead of uh, – uh, you know, get getting into getting into draft season that they're, they're going to like him and they do. And obviously they're at the Clemson pro day and yada, yada, you know, the more tape that you watch and the more, more that you see in this class and, and all like that, you kind of wonder, man, it, it just, it feels like 17's just rich for him. But, you know, the Steelers haven't shied away in the past of, of taking players that us on the outside might think need to go, you know, half around or even around later, and, and take them if they like them. And you know, his tape once again, you, you start you start scratching around in his tape. You go through the whole kombucha uh, 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 meme <laughs> expressions where where it's a you know you kind of turn your nose up and then your eyes go up and then you shake your head no and then you nod yes. I mean that is it you know. But once again, and and didn't they release a statement at the pro day of his? talking about he just he just wasn't healthy uh and hasn't really been healthy uh obviously for a while he had the knee injury then 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 last year uh had the uh what was it the kidney infection mm-hmm. and and tried tried to fight back and he never really got his legs up underneath him and obviously I think the passing of his little sister and all like that the cancer and all like that so uh yeah you know pe- people will probably tell you look you know he hasn't he hasn't scratched the surface from hitting the ceiling. He's a far 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 away away from his ceiling. But you, you know some of the measurables though, especially the arm length, a little bit turn you off in that. Especially some of the tape when it comes to him kind of getting stuck, you know, in that. But then you look at other stuff with him and his athleticism and able to shoot the gap, his ability to run the twist and the stunts. He really does really really well. And you know was you know is this just a case of the of the kid just never really being able to get his feet back underneath him since since the knee injury you know yeah there's a lot of layers there's a lot of controversy about you know what he is it's kind of betting on tools and traits versus the tape and the overall production i do think they'll like him for the mental toughness the athleticism they want the next to fun to it since to it retired now brazil does not have the length maybe the quite the bulk that the to it did but kind of has that you know really good athleticism at that that size overall that that's impressive um, he's even got you know the bloodlines, and, and Pittsburgh loves their bloodlines. And not that his dad was in the NFL, but his dad played college football. His mom was a great basketball player, I want to say. Um, family plays a lot of sports, and so they're going to love that kind of sports family. I, I went down a rabbit hole the other day, Dave. I was trying to see because his dad, Richard Brzee, played at James Madison in the mm. 80s. And I was trying to see, did Mike Tomlin ever play against Richard Brzee? <laughs> and I, they were off by one year. Richard graduated oh. one year before Tomlin uh, went to William & Mary. They played in 89, uh, but Tomlin was not there. So I just wanted to – I thought I had I thought I had you a great just, nugget. It, you were just itching to yeah. clip, trim something out, out of a 100%, clip, weren't you? 100%. And I got stopped short at the one-yard line, so it did not oh. match up. But the, the family's really athletic, and, and Pittsburgh always seems to, to gravitate towards those those type of guys. All right, let's see. Uh, uh, some comments here about my my comment I made earlier about Peterson needing to learn the system. Yeah, he's a veteran guy. It's not going to be difficult for him to do, but there's still trust to be earned. And for him to become this hyper-versatile guy the way that Cam Sutton was instantaneously, for all kinds of reasons, I don't think that's going to happen. So could they do more with him than they did in Minnesota? Sure, they could do some of the inverted coverages, but he's not going to be playing in the slot and bouncing around as much as as Cam Sutton did, a guy that was in the system for years and years and years and became a really trusted uh, type of guy. Tim Chase, another $5 super chat, says, would Addison be reasonable at 32? I think he'll be gone. Is that reasonable? Yeah, I don't think it's it's not not reasonable. Um, Is he going to be the pick at 32? Will he be there at 32? 
those are all questions I'm a little less uncertain of. His pro day is today, right? Or is it tomorrow? I think tomorrow. I don't believe USC was working out today. I, okay. I don't have the schedule. We can check the schedule. We have the technology, I think, to uh, to do that. Didn't I put it in? Uh, didn't I put it in that group chat in the draft group chat the other day? I thought USC was. You had mentioned it. I don't know what day, uh, and I can't pull it up. Uh, it's, it's tomorrow. It's the twenty-first. Okay. Tomorrow is uh, uh, at least with the major major schools: Iowa State, Rutgers, Liberty, Ohio, USC, Auburn, and Troy. Yeah, now now if Tomlin and Connor at USC, that's really notable because they never go out west. Last time mm-hmm. Tomlin went out west was to Castro back in 2012. So you know, if, they, if they're there, then that's notable. But I'm going to guess they're going to be at like Auburn or something. In the Florida Pro Day the day after? When is the Florida Pro Day? Because it, it, it would make sense they'd go Auburn and Florida. Florida is on Wednesday. I'm trying to see. I'm looking at the schedule right now. I don't know where I see Florida... I thought I I thought I saw something on. Uh, Looks like March thirtieth, according to the, okay. what you had posted. So okay. what's the end of the the pro day cycle? All right. So who knows where they'll be tomorrow of of those schools that I just uh, outlined? You would think Auburn, but you know we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll let you know. That's for sure. Uh, Stevie is thirty two too early for Mazzy Smith. Seems like the Steelers are interested, according to multiple reports. Yeah, Tony Pauline talking about that quite a bit. No, I would say thirty two seems to be a, a solid place to mock Mazzy Smith. I've got to get I've got to get deeper into his tape. So I'm going I'm going to I'm going to knock and pass here. I've I've just got to get deeper into his tape. I haven't really studied him enough yet. Gustavo P. Gal says, what's Pittsburgh's plans at slot corner and nose tackle? Good questions. I'm asking the same. I don't uh-huh. think the answers are, are known. I, I would hope and don't think it's going to be just Millette and Adams. If it is, that's going to be a problem. So they're going to add some people there. I would agree. Pittsburgh Toddy 86. Can you envision using any draft pick on a running back or would another undrafted free agent be more likely, Dave? What are your what are your thoughts? Oh, here, Lord. Backs in the draft? You, you. You'll, you'll, you have to keep the bed sheets out of the house. You have to hide the <laughs> All bed right. sheets. All right. Let's, let's do a family stream. <laughs> uh, man, just go give Benny Snell a minimum of a veteran benefit contract and get it over with. Let him play special teams and be the number three again. And and if you feel like it, bring in another undrafted free agent or two to that can play some special teams or something like that. I would hope that they would not spend a draft pick on another running back. Another question your way, Dave, in about 10 minutes left, so be sure to get your last second questions in. Jason Williams says, Greeting, fellas. How does a restructure work? Does the team reach out to the player or manager, and then what? Hopefully I asked this correctly. So what, how does the restructure work, Dave? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it depends on the player and the contract and all. And, you know, uh, Joel Corey told me uh, several times over the years, too, that, you know, sometimes teams will bake this, bake it into having the right to restructure a contract when they sign the deal. So it might be as simple as uh, this is – this, you know, take T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick's most recent deals, you know, uh, for instance, you know, there, there, there might, and I, and I don't know for sure, but there might be language in there just gives the Steelers the right to, to restructure that when they need to. And obviously a player doesn't, you know, doesn't lose money in that situation there. Uh, uh, and how a restructure works is basically that you're taking, uh, you know, if the, if the base salary is above minimum by a sizable amount. And if there's a roster bonus involved, you take that and you turn it into a signing bonus and uh, the player uh, uh, gets that signing bonus over the, over the year, you know, uh, pay to them. You know, people, pe- people seem to think a lot of times that it's just one check and generally, and this is another thing that Joel Corey has told me over the years too. Generally what they do is they just break it up. Like they do the, the payments of the base salary then. And, and the player gets that over a 17, 17- you know, over a 17, 18 uh, payment type system there. Uh, but in essence, what you're doing is you're taking the sum of money that the player is due in that given year. Uh, you're taking, uh, generally you're seeing the base salary taken down to the minimum amount for the for the credited seasons that the player has. And then that lump sum is turned into a signing bonus. And then for salary cap purpose purposes, it's prorated out over the remaining years left left in the deal. 
uh, there. So uh, that that's how it uh, happens. You know, Minka just had uh, his contract restructured this past week, and I fully expect at some point between now and week one of the season that T.J. Watt will have that done, and it'll free up twelve a little more than twelve point six million dollars uh, at some point. Will that happen tomorrow morning? Will it happen a week before the season gets underway? Who knows? But I would almost guarantee you that. T.J. Watt will have his contract restructured at some point. Right, just a matter of when, not as much a matter of if. $5 super chat from Jay Watts, Akron Steeler. I don't currently see a, oh, nope, I don't see a, a message alongside it. So if I see something, I'll try to get to that before the stream ends. But thank you so much for the super chat. It is appreciated. A couple more questions here. Let me scroll on back up i had one that i just wanted to to get to if i can try to find it here um you know if you want it while, while he looks for that if you you know uh jason uh fitzgerald uh from from over to cap's got a book out you know on on salary cap that you know i think it's 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 reasonably easy to read you know people want to kind of learn a little bit of, uh, about that you can get it at amazon and all like that and he's uh he's obviously you know uh, uh well versed in the salary cap and all so you know if you're a newbie to it wanting to learn kind of you know the, the process of a lot of that stuff it it, it, it's it's definitely worth the purchase there. Another super chat just came in from Eric Coakley, who just made a comment that he's happy to catch this stream live. So thank you, Eric, so much for being here, and thank you for donating. He says, with a new interior offensive line, do you expect the Steelers to pull more? I don't know if I do. I don't know if, if Herbig and Malu are tremendous pullers. I think they both do a fine job. I think Malu more so than Herbig. I know they didn't pull much last year. I don't know if that's more of a Pat Meyer type thing. It was more inside zone, you know, duo. Yeah. So, you know, could it be more? I mean, you got some big guards. Yeah, maybe a bit more. I don't think it'll be the staple concept, although last year they kind of ran everything. I mean, they ran every sort of zone scheme, uh, man scheme, crunch. I mean, they ran a ton of stuff last year. So it's a pretty varied approach. At least that's what it was last year. Look, you don't have to tease me to to ask for more. What well, you know, that's, that's 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 what you know. That's one of the things I love the most. But within that, you look at the tape on these two on Herbig and Salamalo. Uh, I mean, get those guys to the second level and let's get some yardage. Uh, high diddle diddle, send Najee up the middle. You mm -hmm. know, through through some of that inside zone uh, there. Uh, it'd be hard for them to pull less than they did last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It was it was not that much, I guess. Yeah, but uh, a little bit, I guess. Um, hopefully, though, with the Harris up the middle, it's it's more than three yards. That was the old Fran Rojul, hey diddle diddle, send Rojul up the middle for three yards. And hopefully, Pittsburgh's run game can can be more uh, than that in twenty twenty three. Had a question from Raged EA two says evening, Dave and Alex. More general question: Why don't you think three plus team trades are allowed in the NFL like they are in the NBA? Would you like to see that change? A very interesting question. I don't have a real real opinion on it because some of these NFL trades in general, they don't happen that often. You don't have the, the craziness of the deadlines and draft days like you do in the NBA. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I guess something different, but I don't, I don't think it'd be utilized that often, even if it was uh, allowed. Yeah, and I think, and look, I don't know how the NBA works cap-wise or anything like that. I, I would think dead money plays a part in that as well, too, and obviously compensation, and I haven't really given much thought to it, and obviously because, you know, I, I can't even tell you when the last time something like that happened, to be honest with you, Alex. Maybe, maybe the commenter knows last time we saw uh, something like that happen. In the NFL? Right. Is that, is that even allowed? Are you even allowed to technically do three team trades? That, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. I, I, I can't I can't even recall. That's why you know I, I don't have an answer prep for it because I, I, I've never really thought about it before. I think he's saying they're not allowed. I don't actually know uh, if that's written in or not, but it's I never happened. I think the NBA contracts are fully guaranteed. And so right. I think that's – I think basically – I think every major sport is fully guaranteed contracts except for the NFL. I want to say somebody can check me on that. I know MLB is. I know – I'm pretty sure NBA is. I think NHL uh, is as well. A couple more questions. Um, Randy, do you feel like Pittsburgh's setting themselves up to draft the best available? Do you guys feel the same? I mean, it's always kind of that, but it's always going to be a, a guy that's going to play right away, contribute to this team, and at a general position of need. So it's probably never truly BPA, but there's options here. There's flexibility um, with the guys that they've signed, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Los Angeles, uh, I'm, I'm just a quick... Uh... 
Google search here. Uh, and this even took me to the NFL. Let's see. The Los Angeles Rams dealt the disgruntled Eric Dickerson to the Colts in a three-team trade. But this was this was after uh, this was in '97. The Colts traded linebacker Cornelius Bennett to the Bills for a first-round pick in 1988, first and second-round picks in 1989, and running back Greg Bell. The Colts then traded Bell the three draft choices acquired from Buffalo plus a first and second-round picks in the 1988 draft, a second-round pick in 1989, and running back Owen Gill to the Rams for Dickerson. While Dickerson led the league in rushing in 1988, Bennett would go on to help the Bills reach four consecutive Super Bowls and Dixon Dickerson's former team uh, would reach the 1989 championship game. Hmm. Okay. okay. Did I don't know if that's still allowed today under new CBAs. Maybe it is and just never utilized. That's that's a, a good factoid though by you, Dave. A couple more questions. I just want to get to them really quickly here. Uh, Logan says, what prospects feel like Pittsburgh Steelers? I'm looking at one on screen right now, Jack Campbell, and I would say John Michael mm-hmm. Schmitz from Minnesota, although I think the odds of that happening have greatly diminished after the Steelers signings. I think Breezy, uh, Breezy feels like one as well, too. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I think that that's a solid uh, choice, too. All right, do we have anything else? I know we have some questions I want to try to get to, just maybe as many quick ones we can knock out here. Uh, let's see if I can find something. I'm kind of scrolling from the bottom up here. The odds of drafting Jordan Addison at 17, pretty low. I think they're pretty low there, Millie. Yeah, I would agree. Where do I think Ika goes? That's a tough one on those big pluggers. Maybe late round two, round three, if I had to guess, but that's kind of truly a guess right now. They're uh, KP. Uh, let's see if we have anything else. When is the Penn State Pro Day? That's a good question. Is that later this week, I want to say. I don't have the exact date. I believe that is Thursday or Friday. Can I pull that up here really quickly? With Let the me see if I can find it here, too. Pro Day schedule. It is going to be, oh, where is it at? Friday, March 24th. So that'll be, and I imagine we're going to see Tomlin and Khan there. Yeah, I would think so. What is Kevin Dotson worth in a trade? That fifth round pick that you mentioned, Dave? Fifth or sixth, I would think. Yeah, I can do that. I think if you carry him till the summer, somebody loses an offensive lineman in camp, that's when you trade Dotson for a future fifth round pick. Uh, let's see. Does Mason have any interest? Rudolph? No. I can't imagine Rudolph wants to, to come back to Pittsburgh. And Ron asks, any concern disrupting the continuity of the O-line so drastically after the progress, those guys uh, playing all 17 games together. It's a consideration, but talent wins out in the long run. That, that group will gel. It'll get continuity. And so uh, give me a more talented group that, that will eventually hopefully get to that continuity as opposed to a less talented group uh, in the long run. You'll be better off for it. Yeah, I agree. But it is a consideration. It's a fair point. These guys have to adjust the Pat Meyer system. And we saw some of these new guys brought in, Mason Cole, James Daniels, last year, struggle initially. But I think, say, Malu and Herbig are kind of, they fit well, say, Malu especially for the Pat Meyer system and pass protection. Uh, Nate Leland, where do I see Herbig fitting in? Backup guard to start is where I'll say. And Chris M, too early for too early record projections, LOL. Yeah, just a little bit too early yeah, on that uh, post trap. I know you're kind of making that comment in jest. Uh, Sophia, our first for Tunsil. Tunsil's staying in Houston. He just signed that deal. They're not trading him. Um, I know there were rumors about it, but he just, he he made the rumors to get paid. You kind of you create a little bit of noise, and so you get that big money contract. All right, that's going to probably wrap things up here. What a great turnout tonight. Still 2.30 yeah, right everybody. now. Really appreciate that. A $1 super chat just came in from John uh, Pell. So thank you, John, for that. And let me, did Akron Steeler just have a, a, a comment there? I don't know if I see one after the super chat. There was a message that was retracted. So I apologize if I missed it. But um, thank you again for the super chat. Thank you, everyone who came out and liked the stream. And of course, listen to Dave and I and, and, and sent super chats. Really appreciate that. Got a ton of content for you guys on Steel's Depot. So thank you for your time. Dave, as always, thank you for your time. Well, thank you for putting this together and doing a fine job. Thank you for the large group that showed up tonight. We appreciate that. As Alex said, I mean, draft profiles. I mean, we, we, we keep the content 
uh, flowing on the site. So uh, hopefully you have some time to check out what we got going on the site. We put the infinite scroll in on the front page to make it easier to kind of surf as well, too. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, happy Monday. Peace and, and love. One more super chat from Jay Watts for $2. It says message retracted. So I apologize if you asked something and I missed it. I'm, I'm just not seeing it right now. Otherwise, I would get to it. But uh, if you see, us, see me on Twitter, uh, reach out or the next live stream, you can reach out as well. And uh, I'll try to be able to to answer that uh, for you. But this will be uh, the stream will be archived on uh, Steelers Depot later today. And I'm just seeing and I apologize for interrupting myself. But Jay Watts is saying, sorry, failed super chat. First time here. We're guaranteed to get multiple trade offers for 32. What draft compensation would you accept? I'd say no worse than swap number two and third and fourth rounders. Again, that's, there's so many variables there. To swap the second, get a third and fourth rounder. Yeah, it depends how far you're going down. Are you going down from 32 to 60 or 32 to 40? I mean, it just really depends. So uh, that's probably hard to answer. Uh, so sorry, I can't give you something you know black and white, but appreciate the question and the couple of super chats. All right, so with all that said, again, archive version on this uh, of this on Seedless Depot in a little bit. Appreciate you guys being here, and we'll talk to you soon. Did you know about one in nine people over age 65 have Alzheimer's disease? The AHEAD study is looking for people ages 55 to 80 to join the National Institutes of Health-funded AHEAD study. The AHEAD study aims to prevent Alzheimer's disease before symptoms appear. Discovering a treatment that targets brain changes early means doctors may one day prevent memory loss. Help us get ahead of Alzheimer's. Visit aheadstudy.org.